the podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, to my left, Drew Douglas. Good to be here. I'm glad to be here, too, but not going to lie, I'm dragging a little bit today because I'm doing a fast for 40 days, and I'm only a week into it. I'm feeling it, but... Let's keep up the energy. Every other week we cover a new movie and return to something we've seen before to see if it holds up or gets better. But this week we watch one of the biggest box office bombs, Sahara. You may be asking yourself, why are we covering Sahara? Well, it's because one of our listeners recommended this film to us right after we did our box office success of Avatar, which was two weeks ago. So in addition to Sahara, here are a few things that we'll be talking about in this episode. We'll do the movie review game, the Rotten Tomatoes game, then Drew and I will talk about a special screening we're going to for a big movie that's coming out. But without further ado, let's jump into Sahara. For years, I've wondered if the stories were true. And now, I finally have the proof. You found a coin. I found the coin. At the end of the Civil War, a battleship carrying a secret shipment of gold vanished without a trace. Where in the hell did you get this? On the Niger River in Africa. You got 72 hours. I'll meet you at the boat. Nope. I got the check. Sit down, I'll get the check. Sahara tells the story of a master explorer's adventure to find a lost Civil War battleship, and it gets complicated when he saves a doctor who's being hunted by a ruthless dictator. Oh, no. Yeah. Good night. So, Drew, this movie did not do so great at the box office. Stinker. Major stinker. What are some of those other stats that you've got for us to maybe better understand why... It was a stinker. Do you know who Breck Eisner is? No idea. I only know him from really one movie. He directed it. He did a movie called Thought Crimes, The Crazies, which I have seen. Oh, wait, the remake of mm -hmm. The Crazies? Yeah. Okay. And then, um, I don't know if you saw this, Vin Diesel's The Last Witch Hunter came out no, a couple years ago. did not. Uh, he, so he did those movies. Um, four people are given credit for this movie, which is always worrisome. Uh, it came out on April 8th. 2005 what were you doing that weekend obviously not seeing this movie not seeing this movie it was a huge bomb but i actually landed number one at the box office which is uh kind of surprising a rotten tomato score 38 percent the budget Ooh. 130 million dollars to make only made 68 million dollars in the u.s 50 million worldwide so 119 altogether huge bomb so, at least in the U.S., it was number one for that weekend, and then it literally dropped off the map after that. Yeah, I don't know how much it made in the opening weekend. Obviously, nothing else was going on that weekend. Not a good, not good overall, but I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this until we started watching it. 
The movie's based off a novel of the same name, written it, by Clive Cussler. Had no idea. Never heard of this person in my life. I haven't. Uh, Cussler, Cussler created the character of Dirk Pitt, who uh, Matthew McConaughey plays in this movie. Who it sounds like Brad Pitt's third brother. He's the long-lost brother that we just don't think about. He's um, exploring. But Pitt is basically a Jack Ryan-type character, only he's a marine engineer and a government agent. He, uh, he Pitt also appeared in the 1980 movie... Raised the Titanic. Richard Jordan played him in that movie. Have you seen that? No. Have you ever heard of that movie? I read about it from Roger Ebert and his review on this movie. And I just wanted to hear what Ebert had to say about Sahara. And he literally came out and mentioned that film and said that the production was so expensive for Raised the Titanic. There's a quote along the lines of that if they had the ability to actually lower the ocean level, it would have cost less than producing that movie. <laughs> Had no idea about that until So both these this. movies were cost a huge amount of money. Too much. Um, well, Pitt has been in 24 books so far by by this Cuzzler writer. Is it still an ongoing series? It's still happening. Book 25 actually comes out next week. What? So it's like Good not ending grief. anytime soon. As far, um, as, as far as Sahara is concerned... You know, we, we talked about it's one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. And it was actually created to kickstart a new franchise similar to James Bond. But it obviously did so bad that that never actually happened. And uh, we won't go into huge detail on this, but the LA Times did a big piece way back in 2007. And it broke down how and why so many Hollywood movies cost a fortune and make so little money. And are huge bombs. And they use Sahara as its focus. Sahara. I keep saying it wrong. See, last week, if you ended up listening to our show, yeah, we ended up saying Sahara, but they ended up saying Sahara in the trailers for this film. And so, I, I went back to rewatch the trailer after this movie, and it gives everything away. I Literally the entire it. movie. I guess what we need to say is we didn't do very well in geography. No. But I that's think okay, that's a given. Because I, I, it's fine. Um, but anyway, that, that article talks about how this movie just blew through so much money and it brings up a lot of different things. For one, they had a 40-second clip that cost $2 million to make. <laughs> and that 40-second clip never appears in the movie. Good. So they're just grief. shelling out money. They talks about how producers had to pay off bribes <laughs> while filming in uh, Morocco. McConaughey, you know how much money he made for this movie? It had to have been a lot because this was at the peak of his, as you said, beach days. Take a get, yeah. He's doing beach movies nonstop. Eight million dollars. Okay, so um, I I was thinking it'd be something insane. I mean, that's still insane. Also, how he promoted this film, a part of your production stories. I don't, but that's fun. Okay, I'll, you want to bring that up? Real yeah. Quick? So basically, reading into this and how McConaughey was doing this unconventional style of promotion, he was literally driving around the country in this trailer with a giant Sahara poster on the side of the trailer, and he was stopping at these military bases where he would meet up and talk with soldiers to help promote this film. And he also, during this adventure, kept a blog with MTV to explain what he was doing on this cross-country journey. Very unusual, but also really cool. I found that to be really interesting. I want to go read that blog. I do, too. Go back and see if he, like, came across any hiccups. I think really, he's just, like, smoking blunts while he writes? I seriously think he stayed in character as, I almost said, Brad Pitt, but as Dirk Pitt. 
And what do you think would have been better? Brad Pitt as Dirk Pitt or Matthew McConaughey as Dirk Pitt? McConaughey. McConaughey, I don't want to give a lot away about what I thought about this movie, but he's fun. It's hard to dislike He's fun. He's always fun. Um, so Penelope, Penelope Cruz is in this movie. How much mm-hmm. did she make? Not as much. McConaughey made I'd $8 say million. five. She made one. <laughs> just over one. What about Steve Zahn? Um, I don't know. One other weird little note about the spending on this movie. Ten screenwriters got paid over, or I guess nearly $4 million for their work. Together, collectively. Yeah, because they just kept having, they were just being fired nonstop. Fired? I, I mean, if you're not getting credited, you're just, I mean, they could have been doing touch-ups, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so ten pe- at least 10 people helped get this eventually on the screen. I don't know. There's a lot in this article. We'll post a link on our Twitter page if you want to read it. But that is, in part, why this was one of the biggest bombs of all time. But the cost, it seemed like I mean, it this sounds, was a black hole. Yeah, it sounds costs. like they didn't have problems making it, but they were very free with their money. And they're like, we don't need this $2 million, 46 second scene. I really wonder what the studio and the execs were thinking in terms of that. Like, yeah, you can go ahead and do that. No I problem. think you expect to make this and it's going to make a lot of money and you're going to be doing 12 of these. Well, McConaughey had come out and said that they were planning on doing a full-blown franchise. And I know you were talking about this. And this what he kept referring to him as the new James Bond. Woo! So you're a huge James Bond fan. Yeah, I've heard of him. How many James Bond books have been written? Do you know? Because A lot. More than Dirk's? Dirk Pitts? I mean, some of them are books within a book. So like shorts. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to. I would say yes, more. Do you, and this is going this to be This reminds stupid. me more of uh, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Okay. Where you oh, can just write 45 books with this character. This character of Pitt reminds me of so many characters melded into one. And more specifically, a lot of Uncharted, that character that's in that video game series. And they've tried to make that movie for years, and they're just unable to get through with that. I feel like that's a pretty easy movie to put together, and... I don't know what's holding it up. So, Sahara, what do you have to say about Sahara is fill in the blank? Sahara is harmless family fun. Oh! All right, mine gives away something about this film. A lot, actually, I feel. And I will have to say Sahara is just okay. Oh! Okay. Yeah. You want to to give it a grade? My grade... Is a flat C. Wow. Flat C. What about you? Um, I, I mean, I had fun with it, so I'm going to give it a B. Ooh. It's a very light B. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like I hated the film, but... I mean, I wasn't blown away by any stretch, but I, I, I think... found myself being sucked in for several reasons. I am excited to hear what you have to say about that because for myself, the film was not a a disaster in terms of watching, but like I said, so much of it, I just kept thinking, it's okay. So, Well, you and millions of others who saw this in 2005. (laughs) I wonder if this will ever be like a cult classic film because it honestly feels while watching this, there are moments that are a lot of fun, which transitions into what works for this film. For me, I have to say, it is a lot of fun at times. 
And obviously you feel the same. The other element that makes it fun, the actors, I have always enjoyed Steve Zahn. I think he's zany. He's a delight. He, that's it. I think he stands out among the crew here, the cast, and I always enjoy Matthew McConaughey and Penelope Cruz. I enjoyed her, but what did you think about Ooh. her? Not not good? We'll get into that. Okay. Um, I have two things. Comic chemistry is one. You mentioned McConaughey and Zahn. They work, have, they, have they been together before on screen? Not that I can think of. Because they have great chemistry. Yeah. I but, love those two characters, and I really love that they have a history together, and they reference past hijinks. Yeah. And we get to see... I, I, I just like that they have a history that we don't know about, but they're able to kind of mention the past, and that is just fun for the audience, I think. Uh, you mentioned Zahn. He makes me laugh, too. He's just like a human cartoon. Yeah, exactly. And he cracks me off. He reminds me a little bit of, like, Wiley Coyote. He's great. He, there were several parts in this movie that he made me laugh, and I actually... Um, did a little rewind to watch that part again. A couple little bits. Uh, McConaughey's great. He's his usual solid, easygoing self. This is very much kind of an Indiana Jones type character. Yep. And I'm wondering if they rebooted it maybe now. Chris Pratt's always rumored, but let's put him aside. Ooh. Could Matthew McConaughey kind of reboot this character? Is that still possible today? Yes, but I'm worried about McConaughey's age at this point. I, but I always think of Indiana Jones as a older, older character. Yeah, that's true. Because he's just kind of like this bookworm nerdy guy that gets sucked into these. He can hold his own, but he kind of gets sucked into these action elements. Now, could you see that they reboot it and then he gets too old and then they end up doing like what they did with young Indiana Jones? And they end up having with a film series. Or yeah. do that? Mm. It I, obviously would not be McConaughey, but it would be a different actor playing the young Dirk Pitt. Oh, with Dirk Pitt? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. This franchise might be dead. Honest? Well, I don't know. If the Titanic one came out in the 80s, this is 2005. By 2025, yeah. we can reboot this character. I would think so. But I'm wondering, with this being one of the largest box office bombs, of studios are just so gun shy of this that they're not wanting to touch with the nine foot pole but I, it's there's a lot of potential do you think mcconaughey could come back in this character i would love to that brings me to my i guess my absolute favorite thing and this is kind of a strange one it's wishful thinking the movie didn't blow me away by any means um but i would have liked maybe a dozen of these movies and i kind of go back to the mission impossible movies that yeah. second one really sucks yeah but they continued making them and the movies got better and better and it's easier with TV seasons because you can, if you have a bad season, you can start fresh with a new one. And movies cost a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. But there's something that interests me about a, a franchise that's maybe 10 movies deep. And you're like, well, this one didn't work. That one works well. And I, I would like, I would have really loved more of these. So I like the potential that this set up, even though we didn't get it. And that's kind of a strange thing to say what works. But that's a good thing this, that I wanted more. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I, even though I thought that it was just okay, agreed that I'd like to see more of these types of films. Did you like the action sequences? That actually was going to be my last and final thing that what works is the action fire sale. That was the way it was described by Roger Ebert. And I have to agree, yeah, 
that is how it came off to me. It seemed like nonstop needle drops and nonstop action. It was action-packed. I like I like the action scenes. Those sucked me in. I thought the Panama bit was fun. Yeah. That goes back to, again, referencing stuff that happened that we never get to see, but they're reliving it. I thought some of the action was maybe... This was kind of in that born territory where the action's cut so quickly that you kind of can't tell what's going on. That's one thing that I have to say that I was not a big fan of in terms of whenever it spliced together on the editing room floor and it's so fast and furious in your face, you can't see some of the things that are happening or it's just is way too fast. It's messy. I was going to yeah. save this. This is just something random that I thought of. But since we're talking about action, I'm going to do it. The entire movie, I kept complaining to myself how much the movie ripped off Casino Royale, the first Daniel Craig Bond movie. Interesting. Then it dawned on me, Royale actually comes out the year after Sahara is released. <laughs> so I'm, I was like stunned by that. I don't know what was happening in the middle 2000s, but this movie looks and feels identical to Casino Royale. This must have just been how they made action movies. You know, that's interesting because you recently did a rewatch on Royale. I did two weeks ago. I could watch Royale every week. I Now, you you were kind of, I don't want to say indifferent, but you didn't. I, that's my favorite Bond movie. I when think I that's the best. When I first saw Royale, I was like, yeah, kind of like this. It's okay, which is interesting why I have the same feeling about this film, Sahara. But when I rewatched Casino Royale, I ended up loving it. I seriously think, and I haven't seen a lot of Bonds, but I can easily see why it's one of the favorite Bond films or why it's talked up so much and why also it introduces Daniel Craig and so many people love Daniel Craig currently and why they want to keep him. Want to Makes keep sense. Him. Yeah. And it's got one of the best Bond girls ever. Probably my favorite with Vesper. Yeah. I don't know. I love that one. Eva Green. Yeah. Can't wait to see her in Dumbo. Ooh, I forgot about that. She is going to be in Dumbo. I just keep thinking back to her being she's in having, she's A Dame a, to Kill. She's having a love affair with Tim Burton. <laughs> Apparently. I, I don't know about that in real life. I just meant on, on, <laughs> <laughs> on film. But yeah, I, I just keep thinking back to her being in Sin City. But Oh, that's what you were talking I was like, what yeah. movie are you referencing? Yeah. I think I blocked that movie out of my memory. <sighs> a Dame to Kill for I really want to go back and rewatch that. But back to Sahara. So what about what doesn't work? I know you were saying that the action scenes, scenes seem a little too fast and furious. What else do you think is something that you're not a fan of? You mentioned Penelope Cruz. This is another movie where the female character is so bad. Bland? Well, she just kind of tags along with McConaughey and Zahn like a kid. They're always in the middle of dialogue, and then she'll just randomly spout something out. She's so unmemorable, but that has a lot to do with how bad that character is written. She is, that whole character sucks. Yeah, I was going to say it has to fall on the writers for She's that. the only female in this movie, and she is by far the worst part. That's really, really bad. It was pretty unbelievable how many tropes they ended up falling on for this character, for Penelope Cruz, and the element of her getting saved and the side missions and things like that. It just came off. Even though I like Penelope Cruz, the character, I will have to say, was not written well. Not at all. Um, and then I kind of just expected a fun yarn about searching for treasure. And I, for some reason, I didn't expect bad guys. But this movie is in desperate need of a good villain. Because mm -hmm. there's basically two. And I, I honestly couldn't tell you their names or what their motives were. 
That was another thing that, to me, I ended up looking to it being a scripting issue because they just came off. I'm a huge Lenny James fan. You told me, you texted me that one of my favorite Walking Dead actors is in this. And I assumed must be Lenny James because he's been around for a while. Really excited whenever he popped on screen because this was around the time that he was also, he had a really interesting take in the film Snatch. Have you seen that film? Yeah, we covered it when we did Guy Ritchie. Oh, that's right. That's right. So for that, Lenny James was so outrageous. I was expecting him to bring a little bit of that to this role. No fun. But it matches It matches why he ended up being serious, but he was too serious, I feel. What does Lenny James's character in this movie want? I don't know. That's the same like what you're saying. The villains, I literally, after finishing it, had no clue. There, it's such an afterthought, and then it... It adds to the action because it becomes a chase movie with shootouts, but it's just so inconsequential. Well, the other thing is you've got this whole pollutant idea, and then at the end, spoilers. So wait, one, two, three, four, and spoiler, the villain is trying to blow up his own plant. I don't get it. And it's like, you put all this work into it, and then you're just like deciding. what's what's the goal of pollution? I don't know. It, that... That was, like I said, for the scripting issue, I just, I literally slapped the side of the chair in frustration and I threw my hands up. But I'm like, all right, I'll go along with it. That's why in the end, it was just upsetting to me and why I feel like it was just okay. If there was better villain, better plot. Do you need a villain? Not necessarily. I don't know if you do. Because the villain ends up becoming the elements then. The weather and the where they're searching for this and the danger of trying to find this treasure or whatever. But then again, you end up falling into the territory of national treasure. Well, you're gonna national treasure didn't originate this idea of searching for something. No, absolutely not. But national treasure was huge around this time. When did and, that come out? Oh five. Let me check. Same year. So 2004, a year before this film was whenever National Treasure came out. And I remember whenever Sahara was released, a lot of people kept saying, that's a ripoff on National Treasure. But anytime with Hollywood, it's so weird and interesting. We end up having some movies that are released so close together, like The Illusionist and The Prestige, where they have similar plots and they're just different studios and filmmakers. In this case, that's the same for Sahara and National Treasure. I have... Again, another random note. This kind of falls into the negative category. Maybe it shouldn't, but Clint Mansell did the score for this. He's really good. And okay. This is one of his early I scores. Um, I actually like a lot of the music quite a bit, but he has astro- absolutely no shame in ripping off John Barry's work on James Bond because <laughs> it's remarkable. They got screeching horns. It's interesting because... This sounds like a John Barry score for an early James Bond movie. Yeah. And I get it. There's a lot of throwbacks to that character. Um, and then just kind of an interesting side note. Last year, Mansell was asked if he would do a Bond movie because Bond 25 is coming out and he said he would be down for it. Hmm. So this could have been his audition tape 15 years ahead or whatever. <laughs> I could see that for sure. You watch enough Bond movies and then you watch this and you're going to think it's the same music. McConaughey referred to him as Bond. Do you think that they went into this thinking, we want to rip off James Bond and we want to create like the new, everyone was under that mindset, the new James Bond? I think so. Hmm. Because I see more Indiana Jones. It's a, it's not, I think what they mean is not Bond-like 
the character of James Bond, but the idea that you could do 25 of these movies and then when McConaughey's done, you pass it on to somebody else. And that's the, kind of the idea behind the James Bond stuff. Interesting. Okay. And so you'd like to see Chris Pratt play Dirk, wouldn't I, you? I, yeah, he might be okay. He'd be fun. He'd have he's, fun with he's that. He's always kind of the same person. Yeah. Which is good and bad. So you know what you're getting. Um, hmm. He's not McConaughey to me, though. No. it's. I mean, there's really no one like McConaughey. I don't know. If we were rebooting it right now, who do we cast? I don't know. I don't have a good suggestion. I think McConaughey would still be able to do it, but not for long. I feel like this is maybe off the wall, and he doesn't physically suit this character, but Andrew Garfield might have that okay. sarcasm to it. He's young. I, I imagine Pitt is in his mid-40s. You need a, just a happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah, what, well, what about, about Tom Blair? Hardy? Would Tom Hardy do well in this? Probably. He could do well in a lot of... Yeah, because... Um, did you see this is... What is that? This is War or something with Chris Pine? Oh, yeah. He's kinda, I did not see that, but I remember the movie. He's kind of cheeky in that. I think that would fit, actually. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Let's cast him right now. Okay. All right. And it also matches the Mad Max style with the desert and... Yeah. I want... That'd be fun. We do more of these movies. I want some jungle. Let's get yep. some color in this movie. Yeah. This next one. This was plain. So it's official. Tom Hardy is now Dirk Pitt. Love that. You heard it here first, folks. Let's get that casted and... Get 10 writers on this film, this new film. Let's, let's do 12 writers. Well, a dozen. So okay. what, what doesn't work for you? So everything just seemed okay in terms of script. The actors I loved, but their characters were just okay. Like, they never really did anything for me. Even Dirk, he was fine, fine and fun. But once again, the only thing I really enjoyed was their banter. Talking about past, as you said, past hijinks. The other thing, visually, I thought it was just okay, bland in terms of like the desert. It never really stood out. Like you've got Indiana Jones jumping across the world and you end up seeing so many different settings. This, it seemed like it was kind of the same. And then the other thing, the action scenes, even though there's a lot of action and that's a lot of fun, but at the same time, the way it was shot and cut, I was not a huge fan of. That's just how I felt. Even as much as I love Casino Royale, even some of the action in that is just okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just how they did movies then. Sure. I mean, this feels very much like a piece of the time. That's actually a good point because a lot of this film does feel like that. Did you have a problem with the needle drops? I thought it was way too much. They had way too mm. many. I bet they spent a ton of money on it. I was going to say that. that's where a good portion of the budget went too. I don't know. I didn't have a... It was fine. It's Magic not the carpet most... ride stood out. I'm like, why is this in here? You gotta get my toe was tapping. It worked. <laughs> I guess so. My I was... <laughs> that's the only reason to do it. Yeah. I, I I didn't mind it. It was it fit. It just fits this movie. Yeah, that's true. This fun nature. But what sucks is that you go all out for this first film, and if they were going to have like a dozen other films like this that come out, you blow the budget, and then you have to scale it back. I mean, I I honestly only remember maybe three needle drops. 
really yeah i didn't i don't it didn't stick with me i guess if there was more for some reason they just stood out so much to me in this movie did it stick out as much as when we saw captain marvel and they played just a girl actually yeah it did play old no doubt during an action sequence yeah it it did a little bit hmm See, that stood out to me a little more. That stood out for sure, but still with this... We don't need to get sidetracked. Yeah. I The needle drops in Sahara, though, were... The one time I enjoyed it, they were driving. It was toward the beginning. Steve Zahn had the radio on, and they were playing a song. I can't remember the song now, but it's in the background, and then they muffle it. They never address it, but it's muffled as if they were listening to it in the car. Yeah, it's I'm fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I got question. Just... I want your thoughts on two other actors in the movie. Okay. Um, Rain Wilson. Yeah. Yay, nay. Meh. Just okay. Yeah. And then... Did not know. I was surprised to see him. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of... He was He kind of... He was funny. He's, he doesn't do much, but he kind of makes me laugh. And then poor William H. Macy going through a lot of drama right now. <laughs> I know. I actually am a huge William H. Macy fan. Willie H. Got yeah. a lot of... Legal but, trouble right yeah, now. He, with his whole bribery, co- collegiate bribery scam, that's well, pretty crazy that he's involved. He's but. not involved. Well, true. Directly, apparently. But indirectly, yeah. He's... Maybe, you know what? He's not looking good. They right might now. be going through some hard times right now. Maybe they sit down and watch Sahara. And they, they say, we need to bring bit. this back. Got to make up some of this dough. William H., though, I actually liked him a lot in this. He's fun. He's the fun guy who's in charge, the admiral. And he got a new yacht or boat or whatever he needed. Because they blew it up. Because it got blown blown. <laughs> How mad would you be if your yacht was blown up? I mean, they ended up with all that, all the coins. So True. I would be okay with it. Yeah, And you know what? Right. He got a new one and he's funded from the government. I think he made out okay. That's right, because he was able to choose what missions he could take next. William H., I never noticed his baby blues as much in, in, until I saw this movie, and I was like, man, he's got he's got good-looking eyes. I never noticed his beard or him growing facial hair I liked until it. this. Yeah, this was a nice, different look. I Actually, I'm, I'm being completely serious. I actually liked him a lot. He was, he was I, I agree. But he's, once, he's no Steve Zahn. Ooh. You want to do an MVP real quick? Yeah, let's now let's jump to movie MVP. Is yours Steve Zahn? I'm I'm cheating. I'm doing a two for. I'm doing McConaughey and Zahn as the uh, for the chemistry, the com- comedic duo that they are. You know, because the buddy comedy element that is something I really want to pick because their chemistry, like you said, is really good at times. I don't think they've worked together since, which yeah. just feels like a shame. And that's that is sad. I, I'm, I'm not going with that. I'm just going to say Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Before we saw this film, I thought he'll be all right, but I think he's just going to fit in this vibe. After watching this movie, you know what it made me want to do? Take your shirt off and go to the beach. Yes, and shoot someone's hand with a harpoon gun, like in the very beginning. Ooh. But no, I wanted to return to all Matthew McConaughey movies. This made me want to go and watch movies that... In the past, like Fool's Gold, never yeah. seen it. It makes me want to watch rewatch Fool's Gold. And all like all of those films though that he's been in that Beach I, Life, baby. You got that beach life. Yeah, that's I'm well, especially now that Beach Bum's coming out. Gotta prepare for that. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of warming up on seeing that. I legit may rewatch all McConaughey films after this movie. What about Serenity? I wanna I wanna watch I'd that. I rewatch again. it. It was 
I think it, you and I were on the actually on the small boat of people that liked it. You know my. Lot. You know what I would use for the fill in the blanks. Serenity is masterpiece. Beautiful disaster. Oh, because it was such. It was messy, but it was fun. It, it was, was a like, lot of fun. It was fun, and it was just like there's sometimes you're just thinking, what is what is happening? But I it would had say me smiling. S- Serenity is trashtacular. Ooh. Did I make that up or is that something? We'll take it. I'm taking it. It's made it. up now. Okay, so we ended up covering the ov- overall grade for this film. Would you recommend this film? Could you recommend this film to somebody? For a good two hours, sure. I don't think it's a bad movie. I actually do think they could probably shave off 10 to 15 minutes too. Yeah. Pick it up a little bit. True. I I would I would sit down and watch this again at some point down the line. I would say make it less convoluted and take out a lot of the Penelope Cruz stuff and trim that. He needs almost, I like him with Zom, but he almost needs a female partner who's not like a partner partner, but like the Zom character. But you need a strong female character, which this movie does not have. Someone that's basically like Ilsa for Ethan Hunt. Yeah, Mission Impossible. But... For this, I think they were probably setting up Cruz as being his partner or second partner in crime with this film. Yeah, they wanted the trifecta. And sadly, it did not work. I will say... Fingers crossed for a sequel, though. I'm going low on the recommendation. I think there are times that it can be fun. But by the end of it, I wasn't as hyped and looking forward to it. But here's the other thing to note. Did you like National Treasure? I remember having fun with it, yes. For this Again, film. another movie that is a trifecta, Two Men and a Woman. Yeah. Comic relief. Justin Bartha is the comic relief in that movie. That's right. What are you picking, him or Zahn? Zahn. As your, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hands down. Zahn is actually a good actor that is actually very funny. Yeah. He's kind of a heartbreaking guy, but he can be very serious and very funny. See him in Rescue Dawn. That's, he's incredible in that. Yeah. that's. I was going to say with your acting, comment about acting, you see that and you're like, wow, I cannot unsee Zahn now being like that's, a great actor. That's Christian Bale's best performance. Wow. I think. that's. I recently watched half of that and it's very good. Okay, Why, so, why'd you only watch half of it? Because it was halfway through the movie. It's oh, on TV and I had to sit yeah, down and watch it. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to our little mascot, Ten Ten. We've got a few questions. So I wrote up a few. Drew wrote up a few. We mix them into 1010, our 10 cup. We shake it up. We'll end up drawing them and we'll ask the questions to each other. I actually don't know what you've written. You don't know what I've written. Uh, McConaughey has referred to Dirk Pitt as a James Bond character. Does this make you angry? Ooh. It does not make me angry because <laughs> I get what he's saying. It doesn't make me angry, but I was specifically wrote that for you. Who would win in a fight, Dirk Pitt or James Bond? Wow, that's actually, I feel that, because I don't know James Bond. It depends that on well. your Bond. If it's Roger Moore, Pitt's probably going to win. If what it's about Daniel Sean Craig, Con? I think Bond wins. Uh, Sean, hmm. I don't know. McConaughey beats some butt in this movie. I think probably Dirk Pitt. I think the only Bond that has a chance... Well, maybe Timothy Dalton, because he's he's the darker Bond, too. I think Daniel Craig's probably the only Bond that can beat this guy. Interesting. In a ring of fire, they got a fight. 
they're throwing each other around without their shirts on. Just just punching and throwing and kicking. I don't know. That's interesting. I'm gonna. I'll say. I feel like James Bond, but I then again, I haven't seen a lot of James Bond. Okay. Question number two. Dirk Pitt, James Bond, Indiana Jones. Which would you sleep with? Which would you marry? Which would you kill? <sighs> oh, okay. Let me think here. I'm marrying Indiana Jones. Well, hang on, hang on. Yeah, marrying. Okay. I'm going to marry Indiana Jones, sweetheart. Yeah, I he's off say. on adventures a lot. Well, maybe not a lot. He one. He's smart, and uh, I think he would treat me real good. True, and he's also got a stable job working. He's as got a good job. He's smart. Um, and every once in a while, he kind of runs off, and I, I'll be able to. I might be able to go with him. I could just watch the house, take care of the, <laughs> the pets and kids or whatever. With Sean so, Connery, his dad too. Yeah, I got to take care of that old man. Ooh. I'm gonna marry Indy. I'm gonna kill Dirk Pitt, and then I'm gonna aggressively <laughs> make sweet love to, to James Bond. But it's, preferably the Daniel Craig version. Okay. Though I like Roger Moore a lot too. So um, I guess it depends on the kind of lovemaking. Okay. Not to get too. Who? who I think is? that's appropriate to say right yeah okay i i will have to say i will keep your mary i'll marry indy good guy i will sleep with dirk pitt and i'll kill bond reason being i feel like bond will have I, I just feel like he's got some STDs or something that oh i didn't like, think about that. i know like he sleeps around too much it's like I, you gotta watch it I seriously could come. I seriously might have seventeen STDs at this point. James Bond. That's not good. All right. Question numero three. By my count, McConaughey is shirtless only twice in Sahara. Is that a mistake? Yes, absolutely. He should be fighting most of the film shirtless. He bookends the movie shirtless. True. And I was keeping. I the movie opens with him shirtless, and I go, all right, I got to keep track of this. Because and it only happens twice. I could not believe it. Yeah, Even I was Zahn surprised. shows off some chest. Yeah, I say it's a huge, huge mistake. They could have made a lot more money if they. You ended watch up Fool's doing Gold. That. He's shirtless basically the, the entire, entire movie. Yeah. It's like, come on, show the bot off. Serenity naked. You see him naked twice. Everything but peen. So it's you've got that side nudity going on. You've got that Affleck, the Affleck. Gone Girl. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so this is a two-parter. This two, is yours. I'm, this is a two-donger. I'm interested to see what you have to say. How weird is it that McConaughey and Cruz end up kissing on a beach together in the end? They have zero chemistry the entire movie, yet end up together because that's what you have to do in these movies. Stupid. Hated it. Yeah, and you never ended up really getting that a whole lot before. I wish like what you said they kept them as like partners like steve's on unless why you, do they need to hook up it's stupid unless it's like those two and then steve's on hooking up and then my my other complaint is where's steve's on i wish the end of the movie he walks up yeah. to them and he, he goes here here's a corona exactly like holding drinks or something like or that. or you want a shrimp cocktail here you go where's the steve's on at in this that that actually would have made it a lot better stupid all right second part of that question how long do you think they stay together before she gets fed up and leaves him? Three, four months tops. I thought you were going to say three or four movies. Oh. 
I mean, if they if they didn't hook up, I would say she she would be with him for a twelve movie run. But since they hooked up, it's not going to end well. She's going to get sick of his crap, and she's going to leave. So you think it'll be a lot like James Bond, where he's in and out with a lot of women? No, I don't think that. I just think he's going to be off doing adventures, and she's going to get sick of him up and leave. <laughs> and after three or four months, um, the chemistry is going to die a little bit. Unless, which there already is no chemistry. They but didn't have think- I couldn't believe it. They, they, they kind of set that up. The flirtation, but I I never felt it on her end that she liked yeah. him. It was true. It came as a punch to the face at the end of it. I think if she joins them, as in Steve and McConaughey, they'll be adventuring for the rest of their lives together. You know what they do? They do a second one of these, and it's like Fallen Kingdom, where Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard have broken up, <laughs> and they're brought back together. They're That's forced what they're going to do because then they're going to have this little flirtation the entire movie, I and by see. the end of it, they'll uh, be holding hands and smooching again. I see that. All right, final question: Which would you rather watch, Sahara or National Treasure? This one might come as a shock to you, but I'm going to say Sahara. I will too, because National Treasure, I thought when it came out, so many people loved it. But I think the action's better in Sahara. Sahara, And then McConaughey brings something different. Uh, Nick Cage, though, was a lot of fun. I like Nick Cage. I didn't mind those other movies, but this one has Steve Zahn. This is just a little bit more. Steve Zahn looked actually like he was in shape in this movie too. When yeah. he had his shirt and buttoned. I think he did, did he it for like, just this film. He looked like he had been pumping iron with McConaughey for real. He probably did. So mad props to you, Steve Zahn. This goes out to you, Steve Z. This one's for you, Steve Zahn. So next up, we've got Drew's favorite, Mr. G, or the movie review game. I'm going to read you... Four Rotten Tomatoes blurbs for Sahara. One of them I wrote myself, so you have to determine which one is fake. Okay, and I have not looked at... I didn't know the score until you said that to me. I have not read any reviews. I did read Roger Ebert, what he had to say, because I was curious. He he gave it three out of four stars, by the way. I know that he called it basically like mindless fun or something like that. I just want to say I'm coming off... Um, last time we did this, when I read to you, I stumped you. You did. You wrote it. Very rare. But you wrote that with just a few minutes to spare before recording. Did you re- write those today? I did. Right okay. in front of you. Okay. I looked at you as I typed. Oh, I'm ready. The movie review game begins right now. Number one. It drove me crazy. It made National Treasure look like a documentary. Oh. That seems a little fake. Okay. Number two, it's stupid, sure, but sometimes with the right soda and a tub of buttery popcorn, (laughs) even the worst movies can manage to be fun. Okay. Number three, while I'd be happy to see another cinematic adventure for Dirk Pitt, I don't ever want to see another Breck Eisner film in my (laughs) life. (laughs) Number four, this is what an action movie should be. Dirk Pitt is a hero who would make James Bond buy him a drink, and make Triple X wet his pants. Wait a second. When did Triple X come out? 2002, maybe. Huh. Okay. What are because you thinking? Because that, that, that was ringing in my mind in terms of like Triple X when that was released. What was number one again? Number one, it drove me crazy. 
It made National Treasure look like a documentary. That's it. That's the fake. Are you going to lock in number one? Locking it in. Final answer. For the second time, you have been stumped. Whoa. Huh. Okay. I'm, I'm actually really surprised. Is it the buttery popcorn? Yeah. Dang it. All right. So that was... <laughs> whenever I heard that, I thought, hmm, that is that also sounds like that's a fake but i don't want to say anything i originally had but sometimes with the right pop and then uh, i go that's kansas city thing midwest kind of midwest not everyone says pop so i switched to soda yeah and i like to think that that is what stumped you the i will say that the buttery popcorn i was really wanting to go with them like yeah but i could also see a critic saying that because i've read critics saying i feel like, like i took it too far with the buttery part Ooh. But I kept it. That um, um, that part was, that had my spidey sense dinging. Dude, I'm on a stumpy roll. Okay. Stump, stump. It's going to end with this. End with Sahara. <laughs> You've got, you, you, fo- you found the secret ingredient for doing I found that. your, it's your kryptonite. Or my buttery Me popcorn. looking you dead-eyed <laughs> as I type. <laughs> okay. So, now we've, we've had the movie review game, which I'm coming off really upset on. We're moving into the Rotten Tomatoes game for a movie Drew and I have been hotly anticipating for a while, Pet Cemetery. Can't wait. So, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Do you want me to go first? I've got a score. I don't know anything about what critics are saying. Have you read it? Like, I haven't heard a thing. Okay. Which Silent. is, it's a couple weeks out, which is fine. They're, hey, real quick, before we get into this, Okay. They're doing 40x showings of Pet Cemetery. Did you see that? No. With like smoke, wind, <laughs> like fog, wind, uh, smells maybe. Interesting. I don't know. Okay. But they're doing it with Pet Cemetery. That sounds awesome. That would be a lot of fun. I saw The Nun with what? that. Yeah. What'd they do with that? It's basically like they would have the seats jerk and okay. they would have things pop behind you and things. It's basically like massagers on your legs. So that if something happened, it would make it seem like someone was grabbing your legs or your arms. So that was cool. That made probably my experience with watching The Nun a little better. But watching Pet Cemetery that way, would you do that? I would. I don't know if I would want that to be my first time. Yeah, because that is distracting. It, but it would be a lot of fun, I think, with this one. If you end up having a movie that's just not like you can kind of turn your brain off to them, I think that would be fine. One thing I didn't mention, so it's vibrating chairs, fog, um, I think smells. They're also, I guess in each theater that they do this, they're releasing like a thousand stray black cats to just roam around. Loves that. So that's kind of exciting too. Church. A bunch of churches just... Who are brought back from the dead. They were actually dead and they brought them back to life. That's fun. Um, Rotten Tomatoes game Pet Cemetery comes out in two weeks. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score is going to be? Sixty-seven percent. <laughs> Does that change your mind? No, I got, I got mine locked and loaded. I think you're going to be surprised. Forty-three percent. Ooh, I feel like I am overshooting it, but I also want to go a little higher just due to the drama elements of it because, like, it did relatively well. I, I hope it's well above. I hope it's in your range, but I just have a feeling that I don't know. I've got something, a bad something feeling. about it. I don't know if people will, will respond to it. I've got a bad feeling, and I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Both of us are excited, but I'm just I've just got a bad feeling that it will end up 
tanking. They're not doing so well. It's actually, I think, projected because it's going coming out the same weekend as Shazam. It's actually projected to do, to do decent. Yeah, fifteen to twenty million, which is not bad. It'll be a nice alternative to Shazam. Speaking of Shazam, yeah, what are we? Uh, you and I are going to go see it early next week. So yeah, we've actually got an early screening to see Shazam, which means our next full episode in two weeks is going to be on Shazam. Woo woo. Shazam! Zachary Levi. Levi. Yeah, Zachary Levi is the main star of this, and we're going to go back and rewatch all five seasons of Chuck to pair So we're going to cover Shazam. We're going to cover all five seasons of Chuck. We've got two weeks <laughs> to do <laughs> five seasons. Got a lot seasons. of episodes to get through. Now, you really like Zachary and his role as Chuck, right? Um, I like Zach from what I've seen him in. Uh, which is very little, and I I didn't get in I didn't get into Chuck. Oh, I thought you really liked Chuck. No, I I I think I watched the pilot and was like, yeah, I don't like this. But it's the pilots are not good. I think if I don't know if that's on Netflix, I, I would consider starting that. But not doing a full rewatch in two weeks. That's not going to happen. Ooh. <laughs> so in addition to Shazam, we will also release our pickums for the upcoming month. That, you know what's interesting? So we're going to see Shazam a couple couple weeks early, and then we'll do our April Pickums. And I don't think Shazam was going to be part of my list anyway, but this could, this had it been on there, it could have eliminated it after what, seeing it. What's crazy, I'm really looking forward to several movies being released in April. So far, my Pickums have zero movies on that list. I haven't done a ton of research yet. Other than Endgame, I don't really know what else is coming out. So we've got a contest that we're running right now on Twitter. When we get 200 followers, we are going to give away what, Drew? Fandango gift card. If you are not following us on Twitter, go do that now. You can be a part of that in which we will randomly draw a name for a Fandango gift card once we get 200 followers followers so that's going to do it for this episode drew don't forget that you can rate and subscribe to us so that you know when a new episode of quality check drops into your podcast player you can always follow us on twitter on instagram or send us your emails at qualitycheckpodcast at gmail.com hey good job quality check is part of the studio dna podcast network Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA.